Have you ever noticed that podcasts are a little like sharks? When they stop swimming, they die, and they can both smell blood from a mile away. So in the spirit of keeping swimming, I'd like to introduce you to TOS Plus. Putting my business pants on for a second, TOS Plus is our new premium membership thingamajig. It's the all-access pass to a growing library of exclusive horror, sci-fi, and WTF audio fiction, along with access to the regular TOS weekly stories in higher quality, a week early, and ad-free. Once again, that's exclusive episodes, ad-free, a week early, and higher quality audio. You'll also get access to the brand new TOS Plus Vault, where you can grab our ebooks, comics, and desktop wallpapers and all sorts of stuff. All of this is available today via our Patreon campaign, which includes juicy extras like Discord access, audiobooks, and merch. And if you're an Apple user, you can subscribe directly via the Apple Podcasts app. We're now in our eighth year of the podcast, and we've got so many cool projects on the boil none of which would be possible without the ongoing support of our listeners, specifically our premium subscribers, our super-powered patrons, and the many multi-dimensional voodoo priests air-guitaring to the TOS intro jingle. For more, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash plus. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash plus. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. (laughs) We've almost sold over half of our supply of the limited edition hardback copies of the other stories best of collection, volume one. So if you'd like to get one before Christmas for yourself or a loved one, be sure to get your order in as soon as possible as you'll need it to keep away evil Santa and evil Mariah Carey. <laughs> you can buy one over at theotherstories.net forward slash bestof. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash bestof. Today's episode is Last Call, written by Paul Stevenson and narrated by Luke Condor. The disused warehouse was a good place to hide, mainly because of the whole disused part. Not that rules of ownership mattered much anymore, since humanity had succumbed to a zombie apocalypse. One day was all it took. A rough day for Kate. She'd had to put a kebab skewer through her mum's head. But this isn't a story about that day. It had been ages ago, and she'd come to terms with it. Kind of. She didn't have much choice. If you didn't come to terms with things these days, if you retreated into some kind of catatonic state, rocking back and forth in a chair, you'd get eaten in that chair. 
In the days since, she'd spent her time staying alive. It was a full-time gig, and every day the odds got shittier. More zombies every day, fewer people. More hungry things running around, and yes, they ran, trying to eat her brains. That bit was true too. What of her being under 16, she'd never seen a zombie film before Z-Day. She'd seen loads since. Show up for the survival tips, stay for the grisly entertainment. What it boiled down to was to stay the hell away from them. They see you, you die. They smell you, you die. They hear you, you die. Hence the old warehouse. Out of town, so less traffic. Insulated, so quiet. There were even two empty factories and an office block for them to escape to if they needed to. The they in this equation was a group of seven. Each of them kids before Z-Day. But there are no such distinctions now. Just the dead and the waiting. None of them were under any illusions. Those ground down over long days and longer nights as they realised the army weren't coming. The government weren't coming. And neither were their parents. Yo, Kate, Cooper said, calling up to the area she'd taken over along with the other two girls, Tay and Rue. Grub. Wrapping a shawl around herself, she traipsed out. Cooper was a skinny kid with bad hair when they found him hiding a few months back, but he'd blossomed since. Having girls around seemed to do that. He spent most of his time as a result getting buff. Preparedness, he said, but no amount of preparedness could explain away the close cropped hair and design a stubble. To be fair to him, it, it worked. Both Tay and Rue discussed how well it worked at length. Dinner was pasta. Dinner was always pasta. None of them were good at the cooking thing. The list of ingredients was always dwindling. They'd exhausted most of the pantries and cupboards of the surrounding houses and the canteens of the buildings around them. What's going on? she asked, taking her seat on an old office chair. Once upon a time it would have been a casual question between friends. Who was cheating on who? What homework did you have? These days it meant one thing. How close to death are we? Nothing doing, Robin replied from up above. He was in the nest, the lookout from which they monitored the outside world, looking for packs of hungry ex-people. The lights went off to a general groan around the table. Last of the Jenny fuel gone, Tay said. She'd been on an engineering B-Tech course before this shit hit, so she was in charge of, well, most things. If she said the electricity was gone, it was gone. One last charge on the phones, Kate said. Wonder how long that'll last. Mobile networks have been down for months, Cooper said. Don't know why you still bother checking. Kate shrugged. Me either, I guess. Hope. When was the last time you checked? Rue asked. Kate shot her a look. They all knew she checked several times a day. She checked her messages and she checked her father's number. He was dead, of course. There was no way he wasn't. But still, she checked. Back in the day, the idea of checking her phone only once or twice a day would have been like death. Now checking that much seemed an extravagance. Still, none of them minded when he hooked it up to the TV and watched Netflix, back when it still existed. Or the zombie movie box set downloaded to her phone in the days after the fall. Kate stuffed the mouthful of pasta into her mouth. The phone rang. 
vibrating silently against her leg. She stopped, staring at the others. Was this a prank? She swallowed the mushy food whole and fished the phone out. Unknown caller. Placing it face up on the table, everyone stared as it moved noisily across the wooden crate set up as a table. What do I do? she asked. I'm going to go with answer it. The call rang off, unanswered. They stared at it. Tay, can we tell who called? Cooper asked. Yeah, answer it next time, Tay said. Kate's heart sank. What if it was her father calling to see if she was still alive? It rang once more. Kate grabbed it. Dad? What? A man's voice, deep, gruff, authoritative. Her heart sank. Are you alone? No. Put me on speaker. She tapped the button, placing the phone back on the table. One part intrigued to seven parts crushingly disappointed. We're listening, she said. This is Colonel Harper of the British Army. We are preparing to evacuate the island completely before detonation of a nuclear device to resolve the current crisis. How many survivors are you? Seven, Kate said. Five here currently, two out on a mission. Location? Swindon. Have you seen other survivors? Not for a few weeks, but we're pretty holed up. Smart. You sound young. How old is your party? Uh, 16 to 19. Jesus. Congratulations on holding out this long. We're going to come and get you. Hold tight. Can you tell us your coordinates? We're in an old factory, Rue said. I think they made cars. Perfect. Can we get a helicopter down there? Easily. Great. Leave your phone on. We'll be in contact within one hour. Get the rest of your party assembled. God be with you. The call cut off and the five of them sat back, staring at the table. Rescue. Help was coming, except... Shit, Kate said, picking up her phone. What is it? The call drained the fuck out of my battery. 37%. What was it on before? 100? Okay, Kate said. Put battery saver on. Guys, Robin called out from above. We have a more immediate problem. Everyone headed for the windows. The complex was huge. Two massive factories and a satellite of other buildings hidden behind a thin fence. They stayed away from the main buildings. The machines and lasers and welding plants were too scary and there were no lights. The warehouse was a much better fit. They were on the top floor, above a cavernous hall with one stairwell up. Barricading it should keep them safe indefinitely and if it didn't there was always the fire escape to the roof. It looked like they might need to use it. Running across the empty car park, bag laden down between them, were Pierre and Alex. A hundred metres behind, at least a hundred zombies. Shit, Rue said. They're not going to make it. The distance left, the speed of their pursuers, the fact they hadn't dropped the bloody bag. Drop the bag, Kate said. Are the gates locked? Robin asked, still above them but climbing down. Shit, Kate said. She ran down the stairs into the main warehouse below. The main door was always locked. Always. It was the first rule. But that meant their friends would have to come up through the fire escape, blowing their exit plan. Or she'd have to get the door open, blowing their existence and inviting the zombie hordes in. Not much of an option. She ran for the door. It had a tiny window built into it, covered in grime from years before the apocalypse would have interrupted its cleaning schedule. Peering through, all she could see were murky figures moving. 
She couldn't see how far away they were. Don't open the door, Robin called behind her. They're never going to make it. We can't leave them to die, Kate shouted back, desperately trying to peer through the murk. Cracking it wide enough to peer through to see where her friends were, she watched as Pierre and Alex fell under the leap of two monstrous abominations of former humanity. The creatures came down on both, sending the boys sprawling to the concrete, necks ripped open. More living dead swarmed over them, forming two mounds of voracious feeding. Close the door, Robin repeated in a higher voice this time. Kate winced at the noise, hoping it wasn't loud enough to attract their attention. It was. As several hungry eyes locked on the door, she pulled the door shut and ran back toward the stairs. Go! She shouted to the four of them, gathered at the top of the stairwell. She reached the bottom of the stairs. They were at the door behind her, hammering, smashing limbs and bodies against the wood in pure feral rage. The fogged window gave way in a splintering crash, bloodied hands reaching in after it, trying to grasp for a handle barely out of reach. How long would that last? The exit, she called breathlessly, taking two stairs at a time. The exit, what seemed such a foolproof plan, felt flimsy and stupid, a child's concoction. Run to the roof, run along it until you came to the next building, over another roof and come down on the other side of the plant. Except it came down in the same plant and there weren't many places to hide. It was the only plan they had. Bursting through the door and out onto the tarmac roof, they could hear the snarling hordes behind them. They were inside. Something vibrated against her leg. Aha! she shouted, fumbling for her phone. Close the door, Robin said, in what was fast becoming his new catchphrase. She hit the green symbol and held the phone to her ear. Nothing. She looked at the screen. Blank. Black. No, she jabbed uselessly at the screen, pressing the center circle, the power button. The phone was dead. Look, Reese said, pointing off to the distance. In the air, far away, a helicopter. Its lights combed the ground, the wrong ground. It was miles away. They stared at it in silence, waiting for it to make its way over to them, but it didn't. Dissatisfied with its search, it peeled away, heading southward. No... Rue said, sobbing. The noise of the creatures tearing through their home below reached louder and louder crescendos. They should run, but there seemed little point. The five of them stared at each other, tears welling in their eyes. The door behind them cracked and gave way. It was enough to break the spell. The five of them sprinted across the roof, pursued by creatures propelled by Christ knew what. Rue fell first, screamed gargling in her open throat before she fell to the braying horde. Somewhere to their left, on the horizon, a light bloomed, like sunrise come early. Except it wasn't. It was the first bomb. Birmingham, perhaps? Tay tried to save Robin, but Bo fell under the mass of bodies. Kate had one option left. She kept running. The roof's edge came rushing to meet her. She leapt hand grasping at her heel, claws scratching the surface enough to draw blood, sealing her death warrant even if the fall didn't take care of her first. Before she could land, the sky split into a ball of fire as the bomb hit. The flash engulfed her, and there was no time to be glad she didn't hit the ground. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Last Call was written by Paul Stevenson, 
narrated by Luke Condor, edited by Carl Hughes of music by Kai Engel and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. For more of Paul's work, head over to paulstevensonbooks.com. For more of my work, head over to lukecondor.com, and that's condor spelt with a K. If you'd like to advertise yourself or your podcast or your business or even your lemonade stand, be sure to get in touch via the contact form on our website, and we'd be more than happy to arrange that for you. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club, movie club and writing exercises over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. T-shirts, mugs, posters and comic books are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. And you can get help with your short stories and your podcast by heading to theotherstories.net forward slash services. The links to all of these will be in the show notes. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.